0: What's going on, people? It's your boy, Kalechi, back with another episode of the Rambling Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? First of all, I'd like to apologize for all the technical difficulties that has been going on with this, trying to share my screen and share, give you guys a little bit more of a visually pleasing podcast experience for those who will be watching this on YouTube. First of all, thank you to all the new subscribers on YouTube. Thank you to all the new listeners. Thank you to those who are coming back every single time, listening to these episodes every so often. I appreciate each and every single one of y'all. And I just want to say thank you because we just recently hit a thousand, we've gone over a thousand plays on the podcast, which to me is mind blowing. I didn't think I'll get to a thousand this soon, but I do appreciate each and every single one of y'all. My my goal was really to get to a thousand sometime in June or so, but thank you to each and every single person that has shared the podcast, that has listened to the podcast, that has come back every single week, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube page. I appreciate each and every single one of y'all. I just want to say thank you guys so much But sticking with me, I know we've been, I'm still learning my way around this whole thing, trying to figure out exactly how to deliver the message, how to share the news better, how to improve the quality of the podcast, which, by the way, hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on Instagram. Let me know what you think about the podcast. Let me know what you think about the quality of the podcast. Is there something that you would like for me to discuss more of? Is there something that you would like for me to touch on a little bit more? You know, there are questions that you want me to answer. Just Let me know. Hit me up on Instagram. Hit me up on Twitter at Kelechi which is K-E-L-E-C-H-I-W-U-A-B-A. And it's the same for both Twitter and Instagram. So hit me up on those. If you're on YouTube, just drop a question down in the the comments area and I'll try to get back to you. And so just uh, hit me up. Let me know. What you think about the podcast so far, if you're enjoying it, if you're not enjoying it, is there something that I'm not talking about that you would love for me to talk about? Just let me know all of these things and I will do my best to bring some of this information to y'all as I've been doing. But I just want to say thank you so much for sticking with me as I'm learning a little bit more as we're going along this journey on this podcasting thing. And as always, there will always be ramblings, but I'll keep bringing it to you the best way that I can possibly bring it to you with the best possible quality that I can possibly bring it to you. But other than that, I hope y'all are doing good. I hope y'all are starting your week off right. I hope y'all are staying healthy, washing your hands, staying indoors, staying away from other people. Cause I, I was looking the other day and I was seeing like people, <laughs> I was seeing people at the beach and stuff like that, which is just like, yo, what are y'all doing? Stay at home. Stay at home. Look out for other people. Be your neighbor's keeper by staying away from your neighbor. You know, just look out for people. Care for people. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Actually, it's here and there because this this whole situation is serious. So take it seriously and look out for your neighbor. But for all of my investors out there who are trying to get into the market right now, which is a wonderful time to be a forward looking investor a long-term looking investor is a great time to buy right now but as always before you even think about buying i hope you have your whole financial picture in order first like we talked about on the previous or two episodes ago the three things you had to do before you even got into into investing you got to make sure that your home your four walls is taken care of before you start looking to try and invest more Make sure you have all of those things secured. And once you have those things secured, like we're talking about your emergency fund, we're talking about paying off debt. We're talking about making sure that you you're paying your bills, you're making sure that you're not putting the money that you're trying to invest is something that you're going to need for other issues. You're going to need for other things. So you're making sure that you're taking care of those things first before you start looking to invest and start looking to jump into the market and all that kind of thing. But today we're going to talk about something that we touched on a little bit last week when we're talking about the three mistakes that new investors uh, usually suffer. And one of those things that we talked about is new investors just jumping into the market blind and just kind of just going with the flow and just doing whatever. And today we're going to focus on how do you analyze and how do you research a company or how do you research a business? What is the things that you have to do in order to understand? choosing a stock to buy or choosing a company to buy into or choosing um, anything really any of these ETFs or mutual funds how do you research and understand more about that company understand more about that ETF understand more about that mutual funds what are some of the ways that you look at it what are some of the things that you look for when you're researching a company and we're going to be starting off with a simple idea first of all before we get into anything this is is my Robinhood portfolio amount that is currently at i'm just gonna pull that up real quick before we get into talking about it i'll just give you guys an update as we go going along especially during this time so we talked about it on thursday and we talked about it on thursday where the market had a huge uh comeback had a huge explosion where it came back about 20 percent in a, in the last couple of days but over the la- over today just today's market as the market opened up everything just started going back down because Although the market was a bit resilient to the news, uh, was very excited about the news of, as, as we see right here, President Trump signing the $2 trillion coronavirus package that's supposed to help businesses, supposed to help people be able to pay their bills, people who may have lost their jobs, the one-time amount that would be paid out to everybody or most people, all those kind of things. This was like one of the things that caused the market to spike up. So for me, for example, where I was like over in the if you remember the episode before that one, I was about $370 or so. I was really, really in the red. I'd lost about 30% of my portfolio or 11% of my portfolio. But then all of a sudden, all of that came right back up, which is why it's so important. Like right now is a good time to buy, because when the market comes back up, it's going to eclipse the high that it had earlier this year. So it's a good time to buy. But however, the job loss number, which the market was initially resilient to the news where three over three million people lost their jobs, that job loss number finally just crept into the minds of. Investors stepped into the mind of economists and that started affecting the market again, which is why when people are like, oh, we're finally in the bull market again, it's like, be cautious. Be very cautious. When you're in a time period like this, the main thing that you have to remember as an investor is to be cautious. Be very, very cautious. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about today. Today, we're talking about how exactly do we analyze companies, and we'll start off with this there are two main styles of analysis when it comes to analyzing companies or understanding stocks or anything like that the two types are fundamental analysis i saw this picture on google and i thought it was perfect fundamental analysis and technical analysis so when you're thinking about what is technical analysis versus fundamental analysis technical analysis i don't really do that much because i did not go to school for economy i did not study anything in finance Although I understand numbers a little bit, I don't understand the way charts move, I don't understand ribbons, I don't understand how pricing fluctuates, I cannot time the market properly, I cannot see the future from yesterday, all I can do is use the information that is currently at my hands. And so, I don't do a whole lot of technical analysis. Technical analysis is literally you looking at what is the moving average of the price of this stock. What does the chart say that this f- uh, this price might become? What are the all the indicators of how do we determine the way that we buy into a stock versus not buying into a stock? All this like fancy stuff that economists like to talk about and people who really understand the technical aspects of like the market changing, the S&P indexes, volatile indexes which actually apart from that you should read up about volatile indexes the different indexes that guide the way investors invest the markets, but we'll talk about indexes a whole other day. I mean, I just read about one. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably saw where I put out a, a story talking about the Waffle House Index which is a crazy, crazy thing to think about that Waffle House has an index. But the reason why Waffle House has an index, as I go off on a different tangent, but the reason why Waffle House House has an index is because that is used to determine how bad a disaster, let's say a natural disaster occurs. Usually Waffle Houses don't close for anything. For some reason, Waffle House is like the designated gathering spot whenever there's a tragedy that happens. But we'll talk about that more on Thursday. But either way, the Waffle House Index, I just found it so interesting when I learned about it. But you should be reading about the market and all these different things and learning a little bit more about the things that you say you're investing in. But anyway, that's not beside the point. The point is we're talking about technical analysis. Technical analysis is looking at all those indexes, trying to figure out the numbers, the way it balances out, the way you think about it. But you know what? I work a full-time job I barely, I work a full-time job. I come home. I barely have time to just, you know, get some food, do what I need to do. I also take classes on the side. So I don't have a whole lot of time to be doing all those kind of analysis and research and all that stuff. I can't do all of that. That's too much work. And for the majority of y'all who are listening to this, who are individual investors, you guys have a full-time job too. You don't have the time. You already work eight hours a day. You come home. You have to spend time. If you have family, you have to spend time with your family if you're single there are probably things that you're trying to get done so it's just you don't have the time to spend analyzing the markets looking at graphs looking at charts trying to determine when the bottom is going to fall out why trying to determine when the top is going to hit all that kind of stuff you don't have the time to be doing all that stuff so i would not advise any of y'all to do technical analysis it is useful to some people if you're a day trader and all that kind of stuff. You probably want to dip into that, but on this channel, we're t- focusing on long-term. If you if you look at it once again on my Robinhood portfolio, I, remember the thing I always do is I always look at the all-time. I'm always looking at the all-time. I'm not just focusing on, if you look at the one day, it looks horrible. It looks terrible. The escape, look at where I'm supposed to be and look at where I am. It looks terrible, but I'm always looking at the long-term. I'm always focused on how is things going to pan out in five years? How is things going to pan out in 10 years? I'm not just looking at every quarter. I'm looking at Five, ten years down the road, trying to determine how exactly the market is going to play out. And for that, for me, I can't spend a whole lot of time looking at technical analysis, looking at charts, looking at graphs, looking at those kind of things. That takes way too much time. I don't have time for that. For me, what I spend a whole lot more of my time is on fundamental analysis. And so some of y'all was like, what exactly is fundamental analysis? This was taken. From Investopedia, which is another resource that I believe every single one of y'all should use if you're trying to invest. You have to learn a little bit more. Investopedia is something that I get newsletters from every day. It's something that I go when I'm looking for ideas of what exactly something means. I go to Investopedia. Investopedia is a great resource. If you're trying to invest, whether you're trying to trade or you're just trying to invest in the market and look for a better future, trying to invest in yourself for a better financial freedom. Use Investopedia. It's a great, great, great resource. You can learn so much. Watch their YouTube videos. Just learn. The key thing, though, this whole thing, and uh, with this whole thing, is for you to learn. Learn about what it is that you're trying to do. But anyway, what is fundamental analysis? Fundamental analysis is a method of measuring a uh, security's intrinsic value. Security is another way of saying it, like whether it's money or business or stock or anything like that by examining related economic and financial factors fundamental and uh, analyst study anything that can affect the securities values from macroeconomic factors such as the state of the economy and industrial conditions to microeconomic factors like the effectiveness of the company's management so if you read that or you listen to me read that and you're like what does what what does that mean like okay study it says by examining related economic and financial factors yeah, and you start to scratch your head in economic and financial. now nah, what, what is he talking about? That doesn't make any sense. Or you listen to me and I said fundamental, uh, and analyst study anything that can affect the securities value for a macroeconomic. What is even macro set? Macroeconomic factors. Eh? What? What? Macroeconomics is just grand scale. Such as the e- e- uh, e- economy. My goodness, I can't talk such as the economy and industry conditions to microeconomic uh, micro factors. My goodness, I cannot talk. can let you talk. It's what you are doing. You talk. Anyway, I'm sorry. Like the effectiveness of the company's management. So what does that mean? For me, I break that down into two categories. There is the qualitative part of fundamental analysis, and there's the quantitative part of fundamental analysis. And some of y'all are thinking, that's the same thing. You literally just said the same word twice. No, two different words, closely related, but very different things when it comes to it. The quantitative analysis is basically you breaking down is basically all the things that you can hold on to all the concrete details, all the concrete factors, like how much is this company profitable? How much did they make last year? How much are they making now? How much would they possibly make in the future? All those kind of things. It's like the actual factual numbers that you can see details of and you can look at. It's like the concrete things. And then the qualitative part of this is what I would like to refer to as the mambo mentality. The thing that makes this company unique. The things that makes it stand out in the entire, in, in, in the entire scope of things that attracted you to look at that company in the first place. It would be like Steph Curry's three point shooting or it would be like LeBron James Duncan. Well, I'll change that to Zion Williams, Duncan. It would be like something that makes them special, something that makes them unique. It would be like Messi on the soccer field, how he dribbles the ball. It would be like Michael Jackson with the moonwalk. It would be something like that, something that makes that company unique, something that only that company can give to you or can offer you that you can look at and say, "Mm, you know what? This thing makes this company special. Qualitative also takes into account other things such as like the way the company is managed, the way the company is taken care of, the way the business is operated. It takes into account things like how diverse is this business's portfolio? How far reaching is this business going? How good is the landscape of this business? And then also, it also takes into account the values of the company, because I have the mindset of you should not invest in anything that you yourself would not use their product that you do not believe in and you just are only hopping on it because everybody else is hopping on it. That's not the way you look at a company. But anyway, let's talk about quantitative first of all and look at how exactly do you go about doing this research for a quant for to get a quantitative analysis to understand what exactly it is that I want to do when I look at a company. So actually before we do that there was a picture that i saw on google that i think everybody can get a little interesting things out of which is just a few questions to ask yourself when you're downloading or researching anything about quantitative and qualitative analysis on the quantitative side you ask questions of like what where who when and how you look at the numbers you look at the sample size you look at the statistics of the business and you look at the objectives of the business so whenever they come out with their earnings report which is why you should read earnings reports and understand what it is that they're talking about but when they come out and say this is all the goals that we have you look at all those things and you say is this company actually going to be able to reach all those things these are things that you can actually look up this is pub for publicly traded companies all this information is readily available to you and then on the qualitative time is basically one question that you're asking is why it's like why this company what makes this company special It's a lot more opinion based, it's a lot more about you as a person, it's a a lot more about what do you believe in, what are your core values. So sometimes, sometimes when it comes to when you're analyzing companies, sometimes your your qualitative is going to outweigh your quantitative. So sometimes you can research a company that looks like hot garbage by the way that you're looking at like the profitability of the company when you look at their numbers you're looking at, ah, this company doesn't really reach anybody like that. like. But you look at the qualitative side and you just feel like, you know what? I think this company is going to be something one day. I think this company is going to grow and explode. Like Think about all the people who invested in Amazon starting out. There was no reason to invest in Amazon. Amazon was struggling as a business. All it did was sell books from a garage. There was no reason to invest in Amazon. However, They saw something more in the company. They saw something better in the company. They saw, and to be honest, a lot of it came back to they saw Jeff Bezos. They saw his drive. They saw what he could accomplish on his own. And they said, we believe in you. We believe in this one person. And so therefore, we're going to forget, not really forget, but we're going to put away the quantitative aspects of this business just for a little while and focus mainly on the person. If you guys have ever watched Shark uh, Shark Tank, that's basically what happens on Shark Tank a lot of the time. They have their numbers. They talk about, oh, I'm this this much profitable. I'm not this much profitable. But a lot of the time, the things that get those people who appear on Shark Tank the deals that they want, or even get them those investors on the show, is simply the fact that they're able to just talk about their ambition in such a way that other people want to walk with them, that other people want to strive with them. Have you ever been around somebody who is passionate about something? It automatically puts a drive in you. It's like when I first was trying to get out of debt, I was listening to um, uh, Dave Ramsey a lot. I listened to Dave Ramsey a lot. And he put a drive in me that instilled in me to like keep working at it, to keep grinding, to keep wanting to pay off debt, to keep wanting to do the things that I wanted to do. That's what qualitative analysis does. It sometimes overpowers our sense of reasoning and our heart takes over. However, it's also important to look at the qualitative side of things. So what are some of the things that you can look at when you're trying to determine a company's value by qualitative analysis? So. I'm going to go to a website, which we've talked about before. It's called seeking alpha. So SeekingAlpha.com is a website where you can look at the details, all the publicly available information about a company. You can look at it and find out some information about it. For me, I am a dividend investor. I just became that recently. A dividend investor is somebody who looks at a company and is trying to make some kind of income off of that company and looking at companies mainly that pay. Uh, dividends. However, I will sometimes look at some companies outside of that scope if I bl- truly believe in a company that, that I think can really make a difference. That's where that qualitative side kind of kicks over and overpowers my, my p- one plus one equals two side of my brain to make me think less logical and more hopeful about the company. And as an investor, you have to be hopeful. As an investor, if you're not hopeful, every time something happens in the market, you're going to have a heart attack. So, as an investor, you have to be hopeful with this whole thing. So, that's where that qualitative part comes in. But, nevertheless, let's just talk about seeking alpha and some of the things that you can get from seeking alpha. So, the first one I'm gonna talk about today is just Looking at Microsoft, I'm going to use Microsoft as the example of everything that I'm going to talk about because Microsoft is one of my oldest stock or one of the stocks that I've held for the longest amount of time. It's one that I truly believe in Microsoft. No matter what happens, I have decided I am bullish on Microsoft. I've decided that Microsoft is one of those companies that no matter what happens, I'm going to own their stock. I may reduce my stake in them, but I'm never going to let go of Microsoft completely because I truly believe in what Microsoft is doing, mainly because I'm a tech head. That's part one. But the other part of it is also because I just have seen Microsoft change over the years and I've seen it spread its wings a little bit more, diversified itself, gone from a fledgling, almost fledgling business back to being a powerhouse in the world of tech. So for me, I am very bullish on Microsoft. That's why I'm gonna use Microsoft as the example in this. I also use one other company to reiterate the points that I'm making on here. But so for, for some of the things that let's say you just first time ever using. Uh, seeking alpha you come on the page you look at the summary of their growth over time the first thing is I always look at a company over a 10 year period that's always my minimum amount of time I want to look at a company 10 years in the past okay how well has this company been able to either grow or just sustain their business over a 10 year period but not just either grow actually how well has this company been able to grow over time what the heck just happened What the heck just happened? I don't know what just happened. Excuse me for that. But how has this company been able to grow over time? Or have they been able to grow over time? You can see on here for those who aren't watching uh, who aren't watching on YouTube or listening on on, on any other podcast listening uh, stations? Stations. Apps. Is it apps or state? Anyway, any of the podcast listening platforms, you can see over time Microsoft has grown when it started out. It started out as a $29 per share thing in about, this was 2010. And currently in 2015, it's grown all the way to $156. Well, right now it's $149. So it's grown. It's a business that continues to grow and continues to invent itself, to continues to spread its wing to other parts of the industry, to do more, to evolve. That's the other thing is the business evolving. But anyway, so one of the key things I look at immediately is for me as a dividend investor, I go to the dividends tab. And on the dividends tab, I look at what is the yield. So one of the things you have to look at immediately if you're a dividend investor, if you're a growth investor, you're going to look at some other stuff. You're going to focus more on just overall uh, earnings. You're going to focus more on the earnings, focus on how has this business been able to keep their money coming in? Well, actually, you focus more on... The first thing we talk about, you focus more on their growth, the growth performance of the business over time. You look at has this business been able to return profits over year over year? Have they been able to grow consistently year over year? Do they have an average growth of about ten percent ish, somewhere around there? And you look at that. That's basically what you're looking at for a ten year period. If you're a dividend investor, it's a little bit more than that. You look at that stuff, but then you start looking at okay, what is the dividend yield? Now the dividend yield is basically the percentage that they pay out to their to to the shareholders is the amount that they will pay out per share for to shareholders so for me i have come to the idea in my head of a a good dividend yield and for everybody it's different for me my a good dividend yield is anywhere from one percent to six percent being paid out to shareholders that's a good dividend yield for me so that's something that i look at once i go look up a company but i don't look at it just as what it is right now i look at what has it been over time? What has this dividend yield been over time? So I look at, I look on their scorecard and I say all time, have they been consistent? Have they been consistently paying out this dividend over time? And for the most part, even though it goes up and down, you can see that Microsoft has stayed around that two, to uh, that one to two, one one and a half to 2%. And so for me, I look at that and I say, you know what, I like it. I will keep this, that's another reason, is the consistent factor for me is very important. So anyway, Microsoft over the years has been able to continually, continually grow the amount of dividend that they're paying out and continue to give uh, their investors dividends. And then the other thing I look at is the dividend growth over time. Like how much, how much have they been paying their, uh, not dividend growth, my bad, dividend history, because dividend growth can be kind of misleading. Dividend history is something else that I look at and I say, so have they been able to consistently pay their shareholders dividends and when i look at microsoft ever since they started paying in 2003 they have consistently paid dividends this is a great scale to look at this is something that i want to see like they are growing as well as paying over time so that's another thing i look at for anybody who's trying to make me make some extra money on the side doing passive invest or not passive investing dividend investing this is a great way to do it and you can look at it this way and then finally the other thing i look at is the payout ratio. So what is payout ratio? Payout ratio is the amount that of their profits that they are paying out to the shareholders. In other words, I don't just want a company that is paying all their money, all the money that they are making, all their profits to shareholders because then they're not investing back into the business. That's not how you grow a business. That's not how you ensure a business keeps growing. That's not what you do. What you do is you pay some of that to your shareholders because there's a zero sum game where you get to the point where you are just, you can't invest all of it because your return on your investment is going to be very minimal. And so there's no point in investing it. You might as well pay it out to me, who is a shareholder for your stock. So make me feel happy to want to buy more of your stock. That's just anyway, but that's just me and the way I see it, but For me, a good payout ratio is anywhere, for most businesses, is anywhere from 40 to 60%. No more than 60% for most businesses. Now, for REITs, that's a special case. I'll just show y'all an example of a REIT. A REIT is a real estate investment trust, and it's basically you buy a piece of an investment property trust. So basically buying companies that own malls or own residential areas or own, uh, what are those things that old people live in? Uh, I don't even something homes uh, they own those kind of things those kind of properties own shopping complexes all that kind of stuff is you buying a piece of that if you want to do that and they have a different I, I look at them a little bit different as far as payout ratio is concerned because they have a different tax obligation and they have to pay out more in the percentage of profits that they make but for. Every other company, for most other companies, unless it's some kind of super, super, duper special situation that I just look at this company and say, you know what? I believe in this company so much. When it comes to dividends, I have a 40 to 60% ratio that I want to see. If it's lower and I know this company is extremely profitable, I don't mind. I like that. Like, for example, Microsoft has a 36% payout ratio. For me, I love that because it means that they're spending about 64% of their profit reinvesting back into the business reinvesting back into making sure that the business keeps growing and keeps developing. And for me, I love to see that. It makes me happy. Me inside, very happy. So the other thing that I look at is the hard data. I look at how much money is this company actually making and are they continuing to grow? are they going to keep growing with the money that they're making like is it have they been able to grow over time so for example total revenues microsoft has grown year over year in total revenues in 2015 they were making about 93 million dollars that's in thousand yeah 93 is it billion i think it's billion 93 billion dollars in revenue and now in 2019 it's 125 billion dollars in total revenue now nah! the thing to understand is revenue is different from profit so it's good to see like okay they're making more money they're bringing more revenue in and right now i think it's 134 uh, as of the last statement which they did at the beginning of this year which is 2020 so they're making about 134 billion dollars and this is quarterly reports by the way And so the other thing I look at is making a whole lot of money is great and being able to bring in more revenue is great. However, how much of that money are they actually keeping after they've paid out all their expenses? In other words, paid people, all that stuff, all the expensive paid rent, paid power bill, all that kind of stuff, just like you and I, how we balance our own sheet. We look at our net, uh, the amount we're making from our salary minus everything that we have to pay for it. Like today I was... I got paid. I got excited. And then I paid my bills and I saw the actual amount of money that I actually had to spend on myself. And then I got sad because life is real. But anyway, the thing is you have your actual amount of that you're bringing in versus you subtract the amount of all the expenses in your life. And then you have the actual amount that is actually being used on the business, being used to improve the business. And that's where I come to the net income. And then I look at, has the net income grown? Is the net income going to grow? Now, sometimes you can look at one year period where you're like, wait a minute, if it grows, what happened there? Unless there's something you understand about that business, this is why it's so important to keep up with the news concerning the businesses, keep up with the shareholders report, keep up with what's happening in the world. Some things affect that. Like for right now, for a lot of businesses, I expect for a lot of companies that i'm invested in i expect for a reduction in revenues because because we're in this period of time where everything is just uh it's just crazy is a it's just corona z corona can you really say it i don't even know it's just crazy and so with that being said there's just i just expect some companies to have a drop in their revenue and a drop in their profits because i expect more companies to pay their employees if they have the money to pay their employees and just survive through this period. So that's uh, two of the key things that I look at when I'm looking at hard data to look at a company. But then of course, like I've been saying this whole time, it's looking at the company, looking at the value system of the company, going on the company's website, going on the company's website and like understanding, okay, what is it about this company that makes me like or want to deal with this company? What exactly is it that I'm like, oh, you know what, Microsoft is the one that I want to deal with. So it's literally just going on the company website and going to company like looking out, how do I actually look up information about the company? So you can go to about Microsoft, read about the company. What is it that the company values? Why is it that you're interested in it? The main reason I'm interested in Microsoft is they have changed the way they do their business. In the past, Microsoft was very much like Apple, very segregated, wanted everybody to pay for every single thing they used. But now Microsoft is starting to distribute that out. And what that does is it makes other people buy into their other systems and they can make money other ways. And then Microsoft has also gone into cloud cloud computing. We've talked about it multiple times. They're like only the, one of the few companies that can actively compete with Amazon when it comes to cloud computing. So stuff like that for me makes me interested in the business. And then the other thing is, are you interested in business? Are you interested in learning about Microsoft? Are you interested in learning about Coke? Are you If you're in Atlanta and you're interested in investing in Coke, how about go to the Coke Museum or go there, learn about how the Coke become Coke? Learn about how many countries Coke is in and why I believe Coke is one of those companies that no matter what happens, it has so many different places of touches, it's able to just evade the economy, even though right now soda is not popping up in the US as it was before. But still, it's able to diversify itself in so many different ways that it's still making a profit. So that's interesting to me. So this is the type of things that you look at qualitatively. Another business I wanted to talk about is I was talking about REITs. Uh, come on now there's realty income corp income corp uh, that's not doing what i wanted oh let's go there uh, it's not bringing up anything i want anyway the company i'm talking about is we'll just use my robin hood portfolio to talk about it real quick is realty income corp income corp and basically they own they own shopping business owned buildings. So basically like, for example, they own Walmarts, most of Walmarts shopping centers, they own shopping malls, those kind of things like buildings, actual physical buildings that other people rent from them. And so that's why I like them. I'm very bullish on them because they're going to keep growing and they pay a pretty good dividend. If only Seeking Alpha will find them so I can freaking show you all this, but it's not bringing them up. Oh, there we go. Finally, it's bringing it up. But yeah, so they have a pretty good balance sheet when it comes to dividends. Now, you can see, like, remember I mentioned that I only look at companies for the most part that have 40 to 60, unless special circumstances when I'm looking at the qualitative side of the company. Um, for Realty Income Corp, their payout ratio is 80%. Now, that's okay because for, for uh, REITs or Real Estate Investment Trusts, those have to pay out, I believe it's about 90% of their income. They have to pay that out for tax purposes. Tax purposes. So 80% is actually a really good point to be in when it comes to uh, payout ratio for realty income court. But that's all I got for y'all today when it comes to anal- analyzing a company and breaking down how you look at a company, how you research a company, understanding What it is that you're looking for when you're looking at a company. Now, for some of y'all, your numbers is gonna different. It's gonna look different. You're gonna look at a company and say, you know what? I don't care what anybody else says. I just love that company. For example, I'll tell you one of those companies for me that everybody kind of bailed out on, but I'm kind of bullish. It's not really bullish. I'm still like deciding if I'm bullish or not. But I believe in, well, actually, I'm bullish on this company, Snapchat. Most people are out on Snapchat. Snapchat, when it first IPO'd, it was about $15. That thing dropped all the way to $5. But now it's making a resurgence. So I'm bullish on Snapchat. People are gonna look at me and say, are you stupid? But for me, I just believe in Snapchat. The Marys reason I believe in Snapchat is because I use Snapchat every day. And too many of my friends use Snapchat on a regular basis. And so I believe in Snapchat. I believe in Snapchat. Now, do they need to work on their, on their platform? Do they need to work on the, what they actually want to do with it? Do they need to switch it away from being a media format that wants to challenge Instagram? Maybe these are just my thoughts, but I just think Snapchat is going to come find a way out of this and it's going to be one of the more profitable systems moving forward because Gen Z uses Snapchat. To communicate. So for me, I'm looking in the future. Like I said, I'm looking 5, 10 years down the road. This is a channel or a podcast where we're focused on the long term, not just the short term. We're focused on the future of things. We're looking down the road. Where are things going to be further down the road? But anyway, let's do a quick recap on on everything that we talked about. We talked about the ways to do analysis. We talked about, do you want to do a technical analysis or do you want to do a fundamental analysis? I ignore technical analysis because I just don't see much of a value in me spending my time doing technical analysis. And then we broke down what a fundamental analysis was and basically came down to the quantitative side of fundamental analysis and the qualitative. And we talked about what exactly is the qualitative or the quantitative side of this. Quantitative is the hard data is the who is the leader? What kind of leadership do they have? Where are my bad? Not leadership. What is the number? How is the business being driven? Where is the business being handled? How uh when is it being done? Those kind of numbers, your hard facts of the business. And then qualitative is like, why does the business exist? What makes it unique? What is the genusqua of the business, as some fancy people like to put it? But it's like, what is it about this business that makes it go? Or what is the leadership style of the business? Because you can have a great business module, as we saw with WeWork, you can have a great business model, but if you have the wrong person leading and driving the company, it will not work. WeWork is our prime example right now. And so these are the things that you look at when you're trying to invest in companies. Do your research, do your research, do your research, learn, 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 learn. It is so important that you take the time, read books about it, read articles about it, just learn about the things that you want to be involved in don't just jump in nose blind pick up a thing or two as you're going about your day it doesn't have to be something where you're spending an exorbitant amount of time like i just did looking at microsoft if not that i was explaining all this stuff to you it probably will take you about 15 minutes to research companies so spend your time spend your time doing what you know will be good for your future but anyway it's been your boy kelechi And I will talk to you people later. God bless each and every single one of y'all. And wash your hands. And stay indoors, man. Peace.